When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents. It's one person coming in from China. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will. We're going to all be great. We're going to be so good. This is a pandemic. The Betches Sup Podcast. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Hello and welcome to the Sub Daily Corona Cast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Caitlin Bird. And the Corona Cast is your daily rundown of all the latest news on COVID 19, how we're getting through it, and how close we are to ending this crisis. Let's get into it. Ooh, saying that part of the intro every day just gets a little harder and harder. <laughs> I can't imagine. It's just like extremely, everything's extremely exhausting right now. I just feel like tired all the way down to my, my marrow. Really? And everything. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Have you been doing? What are what are the updates? I wish I could say I've been doing something specific and like valuable and useful with my time. I've been finding out lots about uh, history YouTube. That's basically been it. That was oh. my that was my rabbit hole. I was not a big person who like ever went on YouTube, and now I've got like addictions to about like fifty different history. <laughs> is there a like, specific era that you have been particularly interested in or is it just just all history i've been jumping around but it was uh i felt it felt appropriate to watch the 1918 flu mm-hmm. pandemic one last night that was that was where i was kind of going with that one I was did that like, make wow. you feel better or worse um i think it made me feel i don't know i don't know how to explain it because i kind of feel like in our <laughs> modern space like Oh, good. This is, it's not going to be the same death toll. We've the science like so much further. So we're at least, we at least got that. On the mm-hmm. downside, mm-hmm. it was like, oh no, the level of incompetence is still, whoa, that's almost mirroring the exact incompetence we had now. That is terrifying. That is so, pretty terrifying. You kind of, you kind of mixes up, but I think that there's room for optimism because we're all still like going back and checking on it, being like, wait, what exactly happened? That's what true. Like right now, so the internet saving lives over here. Totally, absolutely. Okay, so I'll jump into some of today's top headlines. It's going to be pretty quick today. Um, as of midday today, the United States had 187,000 reported cases of COVID-19 and had just exceeded 4,000 deaths. It goes without saying these days that those are just reported uh, with the lack of testing that still exists. Um, we don't really have a great idea of how many people actually have this illness. Um, Yesterday, during another very grim press briefing, the president told Americans to prepare for what he called some very painful weeks. 
The White House says modeling suggests that 100,000 to 240,000 deaths would be a best case scenario. This is even with the social distancing measures we've now had in place for a few weeks, depending on where you are. If you're Florida, your governor is still holding off really strongly telling you to stay at home. Um, we had heard this number from, you know, Dr. Fauci, I think the day before, and it really freaked people out. And I was, I think seeing it, um, seeing the president repeated after, you know, months at this point of denying it was going to have this impact was definitely really sobering to see that like, wow, this actually got through to him. Um, Dr. Deborah Burr said that Burke said that with no intervention, um, we could have 1.5 million to 2.5 million American deaths but we are undertaking pretty serious mitigation um, measures depending on where you are in the country. This also comes as the CDC said as many as one fourth of people who are infected with the virus could actually be walking around with no symptoms and transmitting it. Um, that's the first time we've really had a sense of how many asymptomatic people could be infecting others. Um, we also just wanted to note that today is census day. So if you have some extra time and most of us do, you can, uh, fill that out today. It really takes like less than five minutes. And it's census day today because this is the day basically when we use this day to determine who is counted and where. So all the people that are alive and living in a particular area, they report that today. And those are the numbers that certain things are allocated based on, such as funding and infrastructure funding, schools, how many representatives you get, um, things like that. So you can obviously respond um, in the coming months, but today is just why not do it today? It's census day. It takes five minutes. Today is the most accurate day to do it. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy healthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Today is also sort of a big day for a lot of people in another sense. Yes. Rent is due today. 
Um, <laughs> for a lot of people, too many people. Um, and it's kind of messed up that it's also darkly April Fool's Day. So we're all just here being like, couldn't it be just like hilarious that our rent is due today? <laughs> <laughs> Can we cancel the rent this year too? Because it's been like that to my bank account. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, just like it, it does feel like um, a massive, really dark prank that we all have to pay. Um, I mean, because 3.4 million people have filed for unemployment in the last week. Um, thousands more, millions possibly, are going to be furloughed or in the process of being furloughed. Um, about, uh, they say that uh, a lot, millions of people have lost their primary source of income. We're even talking about two earner households. I mean, it's possible that both people have, have lost income. 40% of Americans could default on their rent payments um, starting today. Woo! Yeah. So exciting. Um, because of the loss of jobs and income, um, I mean, in effect, what we're facing at this moment is a, effectively like a, a short-term depression, in effect, because when you're talking about the sheer scale of it, it is as bad as if, I mean, we're basically people just lost huge amounts of income all at once. Um, and that's going to have reverberating effects on the economy starting right now for a lot of people with having to pay their rent at the top, you know, today. Um, and places like New York, um, I think it's kind of like hard to explain to people who haven't lived in New York or don't know anyone who lives in New York, but the vast majority of New Yorkers are renters. Um, by like a more than two to margin. If you see someone in New York City, they are renting. Um, mm -hmm. And about four, there's estimates that between 40 and 70% of New Yorkers cannot, will not be able to make their rent today. But more than that, we already have, a, we already had a rent crisis in New York. We already had a huge amount of people who could not successfully pay their, their rent. Um, approximately, um, 50% of renters in New York are rent burdened. They spent more than 30% of their income on rent. Um, and half of those, so about a quarter, I guess, of all renters have spend more than 50% of their income on rent. With losses, of, with job losses like this, it's going to have like a massive economic effect on people's ability to pay rent. Um, and that's, that's, it feels, it feels scary. It feels scary. Um, you know, and the, obviously there are um, landlords who will not be able to pay utility bills and cover things because rents aren't being paid. Um, like I, wanted, so. I wanted to ask you, because it's it's sort of a, a trope to kind of villainize landlords, uh, whether you live in the city and have a really negative experience with an actual terrible landlord. A lot of them are actually terrible, but it's kind of a, this moment has kind of shed some light on how complicated that conversation is a lot of immigrant families have made their way in this country by buying real estate and you know having multi-unit homes that they can rent and obviously if landlords can't they have bills too if we're not paying rent some of them have massive margins and i think those are the people we would love to you know my my building is in they're going to be fine i live in a building that's part of a lot of other buildings they can survive this and the most they did was they they let us know that they would there's like a five dollar processing a four dollar processing fee to pay your rent and they told us they would waive that which was like thanks wow you're the best <laughs> but it seems, yeah i have been asking myself 
during this time, like kind of pushing myself to learn more about the environment and how everybody is impacted and suffering as a result of this. And it's not as nuanced as like landlords must freeze the rent. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of small property owners. Um, 32% of New Yorkers are owners. Um, Mm -hmm. Of that, the, I, I can't speak to the, the unit um, rate because I haven't dug too deep, but actually um, there's actually a, a delineation between um, people who have five or more units mm. and people who have under that amount. So they're actually different classes of landlord. Okay. Um, so if you have fewer than five units or responsible for fewer than five units, you are put in a completely, you're a different category legally. Um than someone who has five or more. Um, so when we talk about that, that's that's one of the distinctions. That's one of the spaces for nuance, which is like, you know, there's, there are families who rent out their basements. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're, they've got a house and they rent out their basement. They rent out, you know, if you live in a brownstone, maybe you rent out a, a floor in your brownstone. But for the most part, you're really just a regular family. You use it for income. It helps pay your mortgage those people are facing a really tough situation at this moment because they don't, they're probably not going to get income from that. Um, for the five and up units, I don't know. I'm, I, I've had enough bad experiences at this point that I, I'm not inclined to give a benefit of the doubt to totally. large property holders. Um, <laughs> as you know, like, <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> The rent is too damn high. <laughs> I am not inclined to give the benefit of the doubt <laughs> to those. I agree. I think that's um, fair. We can settle that. Um, but yet, nonetheless, like um, one of the biggest issues, right, in New York has been the high, the high level of rent has been the fact that people have been struggling to afford rent even before we hit this crisis. Um, and then it becomes, I think there needs to be discussions or it becomes incumbent upon like, we are telling people to shelter in place. People need roofs over their heads. This is not a matter of, it's not a matter of finance it, when it really comes down to it because we as a society have the resources to put, we do as a society. Right. I want to be completely clear about this. Um, we do as a society have the ability to house every single person in this country. There is zero reason for anyone to be without a roof over their head, except for the fact that we have chosen to, as a society, to make housing and shelter a, a capitalist effort. Whether or not that was a good idea is a completely separate discussion. But the reality of it is now that we've made it this venture, people are going to be we have to figure out what we're going to do with the shortfalls of the the income that was going to be there. And there are a lot of people, I think like my first instinct is to worry about people who are worried about keeping a roof over their heads, who are worried about the fact that, you know, they, then there, there are bad landlords who weren't fixing things, weren't, you know, doing water or heat or anything. So I think about that too. And I'm really, I really worry about that. And people who, you know, can't afford as small unit landlords to cover these gaps now because they haven't gotten a freeze on utilities. So I think yeah. about that. One of the things that we should be talking about are in the did in Seattle was utility freezes. No one's going to have anything shut off for non-payment 
So you don't have to worry about that. Same thing with Con Ed at that point or, you know, the electricity. They weren't going to turn off those things if you didn't pay them. Um, that would be a tremendous help right now for us to talk about, like, what kind of options. Um, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that eviction has been paused, which is huge. The utilities in some cities and localities have been paused. That's huge. Um there's uh, prohibiting foreclosures and evictions on all federally supported mortgage loads for a 60-day period. Uh, landlords can't evict tenants or charge late fees or penalties for people in um, federally-backed housing for four months. Um, you know, it, well, the scope is very piecemeal right now. Yeah. So I get that, like, today when you woke up and you were like, okay, here's my bank account. <laughs> I got laid off two weeks ago. What do I do? You know, it's a very stressful period for a lot of people, um, and we should be thinking about how to. One of the things that should be up in this discussion at this point, as people panic about paying their bills, is how can we remove that stress from people, especially mm -hmm. since we're telling them to stay inside. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Something I've been thinking about a lot is that at this point, it's like keeping people, keeping roofs over people's heads and, and keeping people, making sure people have the income to pay their rent without needing to leave their home if that's risky. It's a public health issue. Like it really shows how, like the more people have to leave their home because they don't have an option to not pay rent. Yes, evictions are paused, but that, it, the money is due. It's not going to go away. The worst, the best case scenario is that you can wait and then maybe it hurts your credit um, some people are going to get direct payments, but not everybody. I and mean, you have those people that have to leave their homes every day. And we just mentioned that one in four people are spreading the disease without knowing they have it. It's a public health issue when you're forcing people out of their homes in order to make to stay there. And it gets even tougher when you think about the fact that the vast majority of people who are forced to leave their homes are the people who are most likely to be rent insecure they're most likely to be working at the margins. I mean, we talk a lot about our first responders. I am so sorry for all of them and so proud and, and kind of overwhelmed um, to support them in this, like, in this legitimate, like, as far as the actual mechanics of it is like wartime triage. At this yeah. point, they have to make the same in 30 seconds at most about who is going to get what resources and that kind of stress is extraordinary and obviously we want them to all be like healthy but at the same time a lot of the people who are deemed essential food workers um, groceries you know like these are people who are not getting paid more than barely minimum wage if they were getting paid to that degree tipped workers restaurants you got so many people who are uh, delivery so many people who are already at margin and now like rents do. Yeah. But they were barely making it to begin with and their landlords haven't gotten any more fair to them about that. So we've got like these hor like overlapping Venn diagrams that make things really tough for people. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. 
Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. We were talking about how this direct assistance is presumably on the way, and there are some that optimistically this could bring, you know, $600 a week in added unemployment benefits in addition to what you get from your state. Um, People, a lot of people are going to get checks as much as $1,200 sent directly to them, but there's a lot of people that are left out of that, namely undocumented immigrants. Um, Millions of renters are undocumented immigrants and largely locked out of this assistance entirely. Um, Estimates of the number of undocumented immigrants living in the U.S. range from about uh, 10 to 12 million. But according to the Pew Research Center, uh, unauthorized workers make up about 5% of the labor force, which is around 8 million people. Um, The stimulus bill's economic relief is getting hyped up a lot, and it's getting, you know, $1,200 to people, $600 a week. But only immigrants who can show that they're authorized to work in the U.S. can actually file for unemployment. Visa holders who have been laid off during this crisis will only have access um, to that relief for a duration of their visas. Some some visas only last 60 days. And like, what are you supposed to do when that runs out? You're supposed to go somewhere else? You're supposed to travel at a time like this? Like, Also, only some states, California and Texas, offer work organizations to DREAMers. Um, so when it comes to the cash payments, only immigrants who have a social security number can receive those checks. And members of families... Um, in households with mixed immigration status could also be disqualified. I didn't know this until today, but in some households that have uh, members of the family with mixed immigration status, um, they or their children might use what's called an individual taxpayer identification number. This is the number that's issued to unauthorized immigrants by the IRS so they can pay taxes without a social security number. But now if any household, anyone in the household uses one of those numbers to file, they will be iced out of these stimulus checks. So it's a huge, huge number of people, which as we were saying before, like it's in everybody's interest to give enough money to people so that they can stay home. Obviously for some people, that's not possible. Their work is not giving them paid leave. They can't, you know, we know a lot of, a lot of workers that are on the front lines of this and are essential are, are striking for better wages, but there's not a lot of 
there's not a lot of incentive for you to shelter in place if you you seem to have access to income if you do leave your house. And yeah, there's not a lot of incentive to not pursue that right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, all of these things are worth reflecting on on a day where everybody's, a lot of people are being asked to spend a lot of money with a very uncertain future, um, not feeling like they can pay that, but also not feeling like they can stay home from work or they literally might not be able to work, to stay home from work. And yeah, this is going to affect millions and millions of people who aren't getting the financial assistance that um, could help them and help the country be more safe and ultimately like stop the spread. And um, without offering any relief to undocumented immigrants, they're more likely to go to work sick and get sick. And we already know with the way that this administration has cracked down on immigration, a lot of those people don't feel comfortable or safe seeking health care either. Yeah, I mean, this this crisis to me has kind of like cracked open all the problems that we already knew we had with American society on one level mm-hmm. or another, but had not been forced to confront meaningfully. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about like access to health care, when you're talking about paid sick leave, which is something that New York instituted like what last last, last year, it was incredibly difficult to get that through 10 days of paid sick leave. Um, I'll be honest, working in retail, I'm not quite getting that. Um, Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that like, you know, there were a lot of people who struggle to keep all of that together to begin with, who are already trying to make those ends meet and were really, you know, it was very much like, you know, Captain America holding onto a helicopter, like, oh, Mm -hmm. trying to keep everything grounded. Because they were not, they were not together in one place. They were not being able to to hold on, and it was very, very desperate. And now we've got this huge situation where millions more people are in that situation, and we see that people can't stay home. We haven't constructed our society to really care about people. Um, and when you even think about it, the undocumented mm-hmm. people who are undeniably doing some of the most important work in our supply chain, undeniably more likely to be doing things like cleaning, more likely to be doing things like uh, picking fruits and vegetables, which we all still need because we're all trying to stay home and not eat processed food every minute of every day, tempting though it is. Um, We're all trying to get these things to groceries, get cleaning supplies. All of these things are things that people who are at the margins were performing before and were overlooked in our society and now it's been deemed essential, but there's no additional help no hazard pay, no sick leave, no protections. Um, And now employers feel even more comfortable throwing them out because, hey, you can just replace them with one of the millions of people who filed for unemployment. And so many people are desperate that they might take that risk unless they have somebody in their household who they know would be vulnerable. And that is the thing that I think about like longer term as we look forward in this is to ask like, okay, so now that these policies have shown that like we didn't do this and if had if we had every week or every worker had two weeks of sick leave we could have just done an emergency sick leave bill and we could have paused society for two weeks at the beginning of this crisis and only people who absolutely were already healthy or asymptomatic we've done health precautions for them you know wipe everything down gloves masks for anybody who does have to go in wow problem would have been significantly decreased 
by the time we got here. And now we're looking at like really big, I mean, today rent is due and millions of people don't have jobs. And we're not even, totally. we, yeah. we haven't even had like a meaningful discussion in the public square in, in our, from our lawmakers about what it's going to mean for people not to be able to meet their basic necessities. And Congress isn't going like, to, Senate's not even going to be back until the end of April, if then. So we won't have any new federal legislation on this, um, even as the crisis worsens. So I worry about that from that perspective, because I do want to say, like, it is important for a society to take care of its people. And, like, is American society doing that? And are we going to change to start doing that? Or are we going to continue doing this thing that we've been doing? Yeah. Well, we're not holding our breath, which is why we launched a, a, a fund for, for relief for some of this. We launched the Good Influence Fund yesterday. We have a couple organizations, which include um, One Fair Wage, which is a great one. They're giving 100% of donations just directly to people who work in tipped industries, people that work in restaurants, bartenders, just work low wages that rely on tips for, for survival, and they have not been able to go to work. Um, and they're just sending checks to people. We already raised um, almost $12,000 in about 24 hours. And we're hoping to raise a hundred thousand. And then we're hoping to, to move that even higher. And, um, world central kitchen is in that, which is providing really great grab and go meals for people across the country. Um, in addition to the domestic violence hotline, some people are for better and for worse stuck in their homes and that's not always safe for everybody. Um, and yeah, other groups that are really hustling to get, to get PPE. But today also on that website, you can, if you go to betches.co slash donate, you can decide how much to give to each or we'll split it um, evenly. If you are particularly interested in supporting people that may be out of work, then you can definitely give your entire donation uh, to one fair wage through betches.co slash donate. So until the end of COVID-19, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. The Sup is created by Sammy Fishbein. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to Sup at Betches.com. Betches.